Hello, and welcome to the Betcha Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betcha Sub Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news, explained by our two funniest friends, which is us. Today we're talking about getting booed at UFC, the Mueller Report's secret memos, and our new election section. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. You like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bad crazy. Yeah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! Hi, Brian. That's our new stinger into the podcast. Oh, that was the podcast song. Yes. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I didn't get that till after. Um, Sammy. What's getting you through this week in Trump's America? Um, you know, Donald really can't leave the house anymore. Mm-hmm. Or should he maybe get out of the house more? Um, so he was actually attending a UFC event at Madison Square Garden this past Saturday night. And he got booed for the second time, which brings me dear joy. Mm-hmm. Dear That's joy, two in great a week. joy. It's, yeah, it is two in a week. Mm-hmm. It's All like, sporting events. So you would think that he would be more more well off at like if you went to broadway like to see <laughs> i don't know yeah hamilton or like kinky boots i would be like yeah expect some booze yeah but i mean okay the nationals sure like dc is like a very diverse community he has you know fucked them hard but mm-hmm. ufc would have thought would be his people it's like fighting and mm-hmm. it feels very much like a safe space for him. Mm-hmm. He also probably expects to be, to be received warmly. He's a longtime UFC fan, and he once provided Trump Taj Mahal in Atlantic City for them to have UFC fights when they were banned in some states and then couldn't just do their fights wherever they wanted. So he has like a history with the league. And UFC president Dana White is a well-known Trump supporter. She's been to the White House. And I don't know. This was kind of surprising because he got pretty booed when he was yeah. when he was there. Um Although there were definitely a few people cheering for him, which fine. Yeah. Like um, there's always like a few rotten apples in the bunch, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Um, But if you show like apparently like, you know, Trump supporters or whatever were tweeting the videos and being like, look at all the cheers. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, there are some cheers, but there's a lot of booze. Yeah. If it's if it's like you're standing closer to the camera and you're cheering, but everyone else is booing, it's gonna sound like there's some cheering. They also didn't show him on the screen. Oh, really? No, so it was only like, basically like, you know, an organic viral moment. Yeah. Within the the venue. Um, He was there with a few other Republicans, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Representative Mark Meadows and Peter King. So they were there too. And then after the event, he tweeted, walking into Madison Square Garden last night with Dana White for the big UFC championship fight was a little bit like walking into a Trump rally. Plenty of MAGA and KAG present. Okay, keep America great. He's trying to make that happen. It's not going to work. Just doesn't MAGA and CAG. Yeah. I mean, both. (laughs) Sounds like a really shitty, like, clay pot brand. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It's it's also kind of like, it it gave me like a little... for some reason it's like a scary acronym for like sounds like the kkk yeah or something like death squatty but like the kgb it's only one letter (laughs) off maybe anyway it's a nod and then donald trump jr also tweet 
oh, you know what kills me? He's probably going to run for president. Like, Yeah, but we, he does not have the charisma. I, uh, I mean, I don't agree. I don't think. Really? I, not that I personally feel that way towards him, but I think that um, he has, he, people really think he does. Really? The, cat, the MAGA and CAG think that he has charisma. Yeah. But so he tweeted, fake news gonna fake. Why don't you play the video you leftist hacks? I w- I'm proud to, proud to be a leftist hack. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there in the heart of NYC and it was overwhelmingly positive. An awesome response. It's nice that everyone at least sees that you flat out stopped even pretending to be objective. Um, his tweet has a Taylor Swift reference in it. Fake news gonna fake. Right? Isn't oh. that, that's what Did I got. say that? Well, no. But haters she's like, gonna, haters gonna hate. Shakers yeah. gonna shake. Oh, the haters gonna hate, 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 hate. I, that's what I figured it was. I, I, I don't know. I don't My know favorite he... fact about Kevin McCarthy, because he was there, and I always think about this, is when Trump was running for election for president, he told Paul Ryan that he thinks Putin pays Trump. And now he's hanging out with him at UFC fights. So Well, he, you know that picture like a few weeks ago with Nancy Pelosi? He looked so upset. McCarthy? Um, yeah. Um. UFC is like as I think it's interesting that as like a society we like this is something that we do we like it's modernized gladi- gladiators yeah it's like and it's like okay but this is legal this is fine and you can gamble on this however right. other kinds of fighting wrong bad don't gamble on it but since this is this is kosher <laughs> it's weird don't get me started on football I know yeah which is literally modern day gladiators yeah totally yeah and then it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that someone like Donald Trump would enjoy something would like, like this. that yeah yeah I mean he like loves violence he made Stormy Daniels watch Shark Week and like apparently he's notorious for fast-forwarding movies like <laughs> to the parts where there's violence like where there's oh. fighting like he doesn't watch mm. the dialogue and the boring parts like he's literally a child if, still if i was well no i was gonna say if I, if I was with a child who's watching television and he only fast forward to the violent parts i would think that there was probably something wrong with him right like a red flag law yeah, situation totally i saw joker over the weekend great movie but it was so violent mm. and i was like disturbed you should but, see parasite yeah that's that's next um Ryan, what is getting you through this week in Trump's America? Well, um, this week, House committees have decided to start releasing transcripts of the closer interviews. Great. Um, today, it started with former ambassador to Ukraine, Marie Yovanovitch, and former State Department official, Michael McKinley. Um, so I just want to pick out a pick, uh, part from it. So the ambassador to Ukraine said she was shocked to read the White House's record of the uh, July 25th call between President Trump and President Zelensky. And basically, that's the call that the White House released. And now that they're saying that it was a perfect call in this call. Beautiful call. It was a beautiful call. Um, she, Trump said some things about her. And here, here's just the question and answer about that exchange. Um, Sammy, uh, we're going to... Read the transcript, and why don't you be Jovanovic? You want me to play the woman? Is yes. that what you're saying? I can you play the woman. You want to cast a woman as a woman? I mean, we don't know who is asking these so questions. so sexist. <laughs> okay, fine. I know. I'm fine. sorry. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Here's the question. I'm the questioner. Here we are. On page four at the top, President Trump said, the former ambassador from the United States, the woman, was bad news, and the people she was dealing with in the Ukraine were bad news. So I just want to let you know that. Do you see that? Yes. What was your reaction when you saw that? 
Again, I hate to be repetitive, but I was shocked. I mean, I was very surprised that President Trump would, first of all, that I would feature repeatedly in a presidential phone call, but secondly, that the president would speak about me or any ambassador in that way to a foreign counterpart. At the bottom of the same page, President Trump says, well, she's going to go through some things. What did you understand that to mean? I didn't know what it meant. I was very concerned. I still am. Did you feel threatened? Yes. So end of story, end en- of act, end of act scene. End of scene. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. There's a bunch of stuff coming out. What was kind of funny is, okay, so after these were released, ranking member of House Oversight, Congressman Rep. Jim Jordan, he tweeted, he, you know, he's the guy that um, was the assistant coach at the University of Ohio where that doctor was um, molesting all those. And he overlooks it. Mm -hmm. Just like he's overlooking. He's denied it. The fact that a foreign adversary has taken over. Exactly. He's denied it. But so he tweeted this at 1253 p.m. today. Democrats cherry pick which transcript they release and when. Why not release Ambassador Volker's testimony? He was the very first witness to testify. Which is funny because an hour before he tweeted that they should release Ambassador Volker's testimony. The Democrats announced... Tomorrow, we will be releasing Volker and Sondland's transcripts. <laughs> so, if, had, had, he just, had he just been paying attention... Here's the thing. It doesn't... He, who says he, he was not paying attention? It's bad faith. Yeah. It's so that he can get a tweet that says that Democrats cherry-pick which transcripts they release. Mm-hmm. Look, release all the fucking transcripts. I'm pretty sure that that's what they intend to do, which won't look good for the Republicans. Mm-hmm. And it, it's... Here's the thing. Whether or not he knew that they were releasing Volker's transcript, that doesn't that doesn't accomplish anything PR wise. Mm-hmm. But it does accomplish something to basically make it seem like the Democrats are not being forthcoming, even if they are. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So they're going to release the transcripts. I, mm-hmm. for one, can't wait to read them. I hope that they have a Kindle version. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should do yeah. a live reenactment of them. Like yeah. we just did now. Yeah, mm-hmm. we should. Um should we get to the main news, which is kind of relevant here? Yes. Um, because it does have to do with, you know, underlying documents being released. Mm-hmm. Okay. So basically, BuzzFeed News sued the United States government with five separate Freedom of Information Act lawsuits to get all the primary sources used to compile the Mueller report, which would include subpoenas, search warrants, emails, memos, letters, talking points, legal opinions, and interview transcripts. And they basically got their Freedom of Information Act um, request satisfied. Because to start with, the the Justice Department released about 500 pages of summaries of FBI interviews with witnesses. And BuzzFeed says that another installment will be released every month for at least the next eight years. I'm going to be fucking 38 years old when this shit's over. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? My mom had two kids by the time she was 38. Oh, my gosh. I can't. I can't even think about it. Um, Um. But BuzzFeed is asking for a lot more. The DOJ is obviously pushing back. It's run by Bill Barr. And they're saying that all the records that they're asking for could total 18 billion pages. How? Front and back. How is that possible? It's a lot of pages. I mean, they said that um, there's a crazy stat I read on here earlier. They, oh, they said that it would take hundreds of years to produce. And they asked BuzzFeed to narrow the scope of their demands, but they refused. And then the judge said that the DOJ should ask Congress for help to figure out how we should release them. Here's what confuses me a little bit. How could... We're talking about a time span of maybe two years yeah. that they're covering. 
how could it take hundreds of years, even if you watched a video of every single uh-huh. thing that happened? Like, if you watched two years worth of video of what happened, how could it take hundreds of years to release, like, summaries If it was able that? to be collected in two years, how come it cannot be released in the same amount of time? Yeah, right. that doesn't make any sense. It also doesn't make sense because it's like, let's say, let's say there's, hundred people involved mm-hmm. and you're tracking their movements for a year each or maybe some of them have longer it still shouldn't take no years hundreds of years that's ridiculous yeah they we're not even gonna have we're gonna have climate change <laughs> nothing none of it will matter anyways yeah no i'm kidding it'll still matter so basically what the first batch which we got this past weekend includes 500 pages of summaries of fbi interviews with witnesses including Paul Manafort, Rick Gates, Steve Bannon, and Michael Cohen. And there were a few big revelations. So we're going to mm-hmm. go through them. I so, think we have five big ones. Yeah, so Rick Gates, he was Paul Manafort's right-hand man. Uh, Rick Gates, uh, he served as Trump's deputy campaign chairman. Uh, he told investigators in April 2018 that Manafort pushed a conspiracy conspiracy theory that Ukraine, not Russia, hacked the Democratic National Committee. So this is what one of those things that Trump actually asked about, asking about the server for Zelensky. For Zelensky. Um, this theory is now obviously at the center of this impeachment inquiry. It's a theory that has no legitimacy, but is often passed around in right-wing circles and Russian news outlets. It contradicts our own intelligence community's findings that Russia orchestrated the hack and gave the emails to WikiLeaks. Um, Gates made it sound like the campaign frequently made reference to locating missing emails and finding those imaginary missing emails is a big part of the uh, impeachment inquiry. So this is something that like, this is what Bill Barr is flying around the world trying to do right now. He's trying to find, fabricate evidence that Ukraine helped the Democrats, that that they were helping the Democrats basically. It's odd that, they need they feel the need to push this so much like they what's the it's it's actually it's so it's not odd from a strategic standpoint because because they need an they need a a narrative yeah they feel like yeah and classic russian propaganda technique is to have the narrative be the opposite of what actually happened yeah so they really this is the only narrative that they can do because it's the only thing that fully counteracts what actually happened um, another revelation is that um, Rick Gates also said that the Trump campaign was thrilled when the DNC was hacked. Mm-hmm. So this is straight up foreign interference or foreign insistence from an adversary that the Trump campaign is happy about. Yeah. And then Robert Mueller's over here being like, Don Jr., why didn't you tell us when they when they offered you help? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you tell us when they sent you a link to TrumpPutin.com? And the uh, not, that's and not the password, an exaggeration. No, literally, <laughs> literally, this happened. And the password was Putin Trump. <laughs> like, why didn't you get it? Like, okay, whatever. Um, Gates also told him. Also, at that time, told him that more leaks were coming after the DNC hack. So he was like waiting for more helpful information. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so that's that's from the Rick Gates Chronicles. Yeah. Um, we also have Michael Cohen who was instructed to keep Trump's name away from any discussions of Russia. Yes. However, this seems like not really possible because according to Steve Bannon in a different interview, Jared and Ivanka were vacationing with a Russian oligarch in 2016, Mm -hmm. right before the election. Did you see the story that has come out recently that apparently 
Jared Kushner was in talks with MBS. Yes. Before. I saw this. Yeah. It was like, so it's like Jared He's, Kushner was talking to MBS and saying something about that he co- gave like the green light to MBS to arrest Kush- Jamal, Jamal Khashoggi. And then they killed him. And then apparently r- Turkish intelligence intercepted that call. Because it was in, because the Khashoggi was in Turkey at, in Turkey at the, at the embassy. Mm-hmm. And then they, uh, Apparently, that may have something to do with these Syrian troops or American troops leaving Syria. Yeah, we will keep you posted when we have more clarity on this story because mm-hmm. it's really just started coming out today. And I think that it's not completely. Um, I don't I actually don't think it's been like 100 percent substantiated. Not substantiated. I think it has been substantiated. Yeah. What you just quick. said, but mm-hmm. it's un- it's unclear the connection to the Kurds if that's been substantiated. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um. Just, okay, going back to what else is in these BuzzFeed documents. Um, so Steve Bannon claimed that Jaron and Ivanka were vacation with a Russian oligarch. He also said that when, Bannon also said that when he first met Trump in 2010, Trump told him that he was going to run for president and Bannon said, of what country? Yeah. <laughs> That's like my favorite part. Like, Why do you think you, like, was he fucking with him? I guess no, I think it was sort of like how Kevin McCarthy jokingly said that Putin pays Trump and Dana Rohrabacher. Uh huh. Uh, And the other thing um, is about Paul Manafort saying that he continued to advise the Trump campaign even after he was fired. He was advising them three days before the election, even Mm -hmm. though he'd been fired three months earlier. But the campaign knew that he was tainted and that this wasn't okay. So they basically, so um, Bannon is the one who said that he, to quote regarding Kush, uh, regarding um, working with Paul Manafort, he said, we need to avoid this guy like the plague. Paul is a nice guy, but can't let word get out. He's advising us. They're going to try to say the Russians worked with WikiLeaks to give this victory to us. So that's interesting because mm-hmm. if you remember like the, all the times Trump has said, he wasn't working for me. He wasn't involved with me when he was on trial yeah. or not. Yeah. Um, that, completely contradicts this yeah totally so that's where we are thank you buzzfeed yeah and thank now you we'll buzzfeed's legal counsel more department. of that i guess more installations to come every month for the next eight years <laughs> yeah what <laughs> i don't want to care about this in eight years no me neither i want to like we i want to be living in one of those this is the future liberals want memes mm-hmm. uh, totally yeah uh shall we do our impeachment update impeachment update so we are heading into the seventh week of the impeachment inquiry. Today, there were supposed to be four White House officials uh, scheduled to give depositions. Not one showed up. Three others, including Energy Secretary Rick Perry and also former Dancing with the Stars contestant. Um, Rick Perry. They, they were, <laughs> Rick Perry. They were supposed to be deposed this week, but also planned to skip it. Amongst the most highly anticipated of those testimonies is that of John Eisenberg, He's on the NSC. He's a he's the lawyer for the National Security Council. Um, he has been named by other witnesses as the one who made the decision to put the transcript of Trump's call with Ukraine in a sensitive server meant for classified information. That's the server that you know they moved this call with afterwards because they realized it had sensitive material, which was usually like reserved for high security stuff. Another example of this sort of like the black is white, white is black nature of Russian propaganda mm-hmm. is that they're. All they want, all the Republicans talk about is Hillary's secret server. I know. But apparently Trump 
has this server. Mm-hmm. I hate that this is the situation because it sounds so crackpot. Is that Trump has a server where he hides all of his shady calls? I yes, yes. I mean, all the presidents have this, but it's reserved for like, you know, oh, Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden. Yeah, exactly. But another thing that's can we come up with a new name for it? I know. Sorry, the hypocrisy doesn't end there because now you know. They're talking about how, like, the whistleblower needs to come forward in this impeachment inquiry. And his written testimonies are not enough for... Yeah, the whistleblower has actually said he's willing to answer written questions from the Republican. The only reason that they don't want to come forward, you know, on TV or something is because they're afraid for their lives. Because you've seen what Republicans do with conspiracy information. And so... Which which brings me to the ironic part about this is that Donald Trump submitted written questions to Robert Mueller. Yeah. And, thought, and said that was enough. I would love to read those. Which month do those come out, BuzzFeed? <laughs> when do we yeah. get them? I don't know. This impeachment stuff is going to be happening. I'm pretty sure they're all in recess. The transcripts will come out tomorrow. I'm sure more crazy shit's happening. The Volton one is the one that was so explosive that everyone ta- came out of that talking like, whoa, this is crazy. Apparently... Even if Bolton is subpoenaed, it's not actually clear if he will testify. His former deputy defied a subpoena on Monday and didn't appear before the committee. Yeah, last week. Um, and didn't appear before the committees. So we'll see if um, how John Bolton is is doing. This is what I don't get about him. He knows. His mustache. That. <laughs> his weird mustache. I don't his get that mustache, either. his 5,000 troops mm-hmm. <laughs> on a piece of paper. Bolton seems like he knows that that this is insane and like completely wrong. Yes. Even though Bolton like whatever. He called it a drug deal. Yeah. He called it a drug deal. Like jokingly. There's no drugs involved. Yeah. Um, you know. He was equating but it. Equating it. But like why won't he go testify? Like go. Just go. Maybe so, I don't know. He's, he's, maybe he I just think wants he will. the day off. Yeah. That would motivate me. He doesn't want to upset his friends. He's friends with a lot of people on Capitol Hill. True. They all hate Trump together, and they're but for whatever reason, they're all sticking it out. But if he betrays him, he betrays them, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? I guess. I don't know what any of these crazy fucking dude men think. This episode is brought to you by Beta Brand. You guys have heard us talk about Beta Brand before, but the more I have them, the more I really love them, and they have become kind of a staple that I... Mm-hmm. I'm an outfit repeater, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm an outfit repeater with my beta brand pants. I have the skinny leg cigarette dress pant yoga pants, and they are so comfortable because I pretty much wear leggings every day, but then there's sometimes we'll meet with people who I'm like, maybe I should not wear athleisure to this. Yeah. And um, I will wear these, which are just as comfortable, but mm-hmm. they fool they fool the serious mm-hmm. people into thinking that I am a businesswoman. Their stylers are comfortable. They have boot cut, straight legs, skinny cropped, six button, and wide leg pants. They also have pockets because I know ladies love pants with pockets. Right. They lady, lady LLPP. <laughs> ladies love pants with pockets. Yes. Um, you, you know what? Okay, but you know what else trademark. I like about them? They do like this thing called crowdfunding, basically where they help you pick the next styles that they're going to come out with right now they have one for like a skinny leg jet black leather pant mm-hmm. and basically anyone can join in the community brainstorm that brings beta brand styles to life which i think is great yeah and then if I you're, respect that if yours gets chosen you get 15 percent off every item you fund a new design for yeah it's really amazing and you're basically a designer yeah 
So not only has Beta Brand revolutionized office wear, but they now offer premium denim with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. Could you ask for anything more? No, I couldn't. Yeah. So you guys have got to try a pair of pants from Beta Brands. Trust us, you will love them. Right now, you can get 20% off at betabrand.com slash sup. Go to betabrand.com slash sup for 20% off. That's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D dot com slash sup. Um, should we do one more thing? Yeah. Today we have... One more thing. Brian, for one more thing today, we are introducing a brand new segment. Yes. It's time for the Betcha Sup election section, where all our poll numbers are guaranteed to be right unless they're not. And all our candidates are guaranteed to win unless they don't. All of that was 100% true and also 100% false. Yes. <laughs> I feel like a pundit now. I know. Um, so yesterday was November 3rd. November mm-hmm. 3rd, mm-hmm. Um, which is one year until the presidential election, which is insane because if we wake up, okay, one year from today, mm-hmm. we're either going to be like so happy yeah. or truly devastated. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. I don't think that like they're, they're equal. Like, I think that like my devastation will be stronger than my happiness. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I feel like. I will be. Like, I feel like I will more immediately feel devastation than I will feel immediate happiness. I usually like yeah, take. Yeah, because we're traumatized. Because I'm traumatized, it'll be like the shock. It'll be like, oh my god, oh my god. I don't know. It depends on who the candidate is as well. Imagine it, but like, because I feel like yeah. certain ones I'd be more excited about and more happy if they won. Right. Um, but I don't like, know. my happiness really just comes from him not being the president. Yeah. Um, so in addition to the presidential election, there will also be House and Senate races. Republicans mm-hmm. will be defending 23 seats. Democratic Party will be defending 12 seats. Mm-hmm. And the Iowa caucuses are three months from today. Only three months away. Yeah. So we'll first talk about the um, Democratic field a little bit. Um, so it seems like the candidates are really working on their ground game in Iowa. I think that this is because Iowa, even though it's not really representative of anything, um, it's like 91% Iowa. white, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so basically, the Iowa winner, even when not a front run front runner, can get positioned in public as the contender. Like, for example, Barack Obama didn't get elected, didn't, couldn't, people didn't believe Obama could get elected until he won I, the mm-hmm. Iowa caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you have a lot of candidates there really trying to pull it out. Pete Buttigieg has been spending a lot of time there in his second Biden lane. Mm -hmm. Um, Kamala Harris cut her staff in a ton of other places, but she's keeping them in Iowa. Yeah. And she's moving and she's moving them there. Uh, She's been doing a lot of tiny events there, hoping to connect one-on-one with as many voters as possible. I like the videos with her dancing. I love her fun. Yeah. I love the video of her with the um, children as interviewing her. Yes. I thought that was very effective. Yeah. I mean, Kamala, even if you don't win, like you still have a place in our hearts and a bright future ahead of you. Yeah. You could be, (laughs) you've already accomplished so much. You could be president in eight years when they're done dumping the Buzzfeed documents. Yeah, exactly. So, in, um, so basically, New York Times Upshot Siena College poll was conducted the last week of October, and it has Warren in the lead with 22% um, uh, for the first choice in the Iowa caucuses because the way it works is that basically people go for their first choice, and then if their first choice doesn't win, then they go to their second choice, and that's mm-hmm. how they determine the first and second and third, whatever. Sanders is in second place with 19%, Buttigieg in third place, 18 and Biden in fourth place with 17 and then Klobuchar, Harris and Yang have four, three and 3%. So 
Liz. Yeah. Looking at you. Well, it's interesting. I the the yeah. Like, it's interesting. Warren is like you were saying is second choice pick. Twenty five percent of those voters. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. Yeah. So right. She's she's basically first choice for the most 22 percent and then and then no but she also so she's first choice for 22 percent and then she's the second choice pick for 25 percent mm-hmm. and that's 10 points 10 points higher than anyone else as a second uh choice candidate yeah just bernie sanders so, when you look at so yeah and when you look at real clear politics she is up which is like more of like uh average she is 5.3 percent higher or points above Buttigieg and then it's Biden and Sanders which so that's more of like a average which interesting is Warren is up in Iowa um California by one she's up in New Hampshire she's up in Massachusetts all of these states are fairly early um however nationally she's still behind Biden eight and a half points but that makes sense because Mm -hmm. biden was the vice president every single person in this country knows who he is most people are not even paying attention like us you know really cool people who watch msnbc for fun yeah Yeah. well what else is interesting is that i mean we we just saw beto o'rourke um announce he's dropping out which was kind of interesting timing because there's this whole big event happening just that just happened over the weekend in Iowa where like all the candidates go and all their campaign volunteers go and they like it's like a rally of sorts I guess and that's where Obama gave like a, a huge speech too and like really helped him in Iowa so he pulled out Friday when he already had volunteers there which kind of sucks <laughs> but um who's paying you know, those flights home I don't know well, you know what? Beto was a great candidate. I yeah. think he would be great as a Senate candidate. Um, I think he also has a bright future in American politics, and he's like a great voice to have. Yeah. Um, but I do respect that he got out. I think that if you really don't think that you're going to win, I think that the yeah. Well, now we're the seeing... honorable thing to do is to stop running. So we're going to see that ha- starting to happen. So I'm, I'm curious where like the people who supported Beto go now. I'm curious when, you know, I feel like Julian Castro or Cory Booker drop out or Andrew Yang. It's like, then what happens? Where do they go? Everything is going to be shifting and changing so much. So exciting. Yeah. Because right now it's pretty like Pete Buttigieg, I guess has been surging recently. Well, if it's anything like Iowa, mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of people's second choice is Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. So we'll see. Judge is good. Um, yeah, he has. He used to be like under Kamala Harris and now he's above her. Well, so. she's really fallen in the polls as well. I know. It's so sad. Yeah. She's much lower than she was. I before. really love Kamala. She's kind of like now it seems like there's these like separate, really separate groups. You know, it's Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. Then it's like kind of and then it's like Pete Buttigieg is like somewhere in the middle or he's like a little bit lower. And then it's like Harris, Yang, Klobuchar, Booker. Um, Yeah. I mean, I feel like Buttigieg could be a VP pick mm -hmm. and would be a good one. Um, He feels like a vice president. Yeah. I don't know. He seems like he's very fair weather. I've said this before. I like him. I think he's very smart and like I think he's like has great ideas but like i feel like he's changed his tune since he's first come out and also like i don't he has he's kind of yeah keep he going. came out he came out as like a progressive and now he's like more of a moderate um well yeah. i i get what you mean by that like he i think that he saw an opportunity for there to be another moderate 
other than Biden and he yeah. and he took it. But at the same time, it makes you sort of wonder, like, how much do you really when politicians make a statement or they come out with like a view, like how much of what they're saying is like really what they believe from the heart versus mm-hmm. what they believe they can like get done or get elected with and then accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that it's we the only person I would say who's like. I really believe that his platform fully reflects everything he believes consistently is Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Like there's nothing that he's ever said. That's like, he seems to not have like evolved that much. Yeah. He says everything he's, he puts it out on the table. Mm -hmm. He means it. There's not really like a, it doesn't feel like he's ever really considered anything else. Like he's a proud socialist. That's the end of the story. Yeah. I think even someone like Elizabeth Warren, like toys with the, capitalist socialist label she used to be a republican i don't Mm -hmm. believe that elizabeth warren is a socialist i think that like i'm sure even for her some degree of this is like what will be popular like what will send an inspiring message that will get me elected yeah so that then i can do shit she also probably knows even if she does get elected it's not like everything she wants gets enacted yeah like she has to do it like she says that part of her medicare for all plan will be paid for with like immigration reform but it's like how are you getting immigration reform passed like there's yeah there's compromises involved in it and i think that like that's why i'm sort of willing to forgive pete's mm-hmm. not flip-flopping but his like yeah totally swaying from one side to the yeah. other did you see that town hall event that happened somewhere the in the prison, the prison reform one? No, someone was it was like a it was like I don't know, a, like a city council sort of meeting and one of the like the members sitting up on the the stage said something about like we got a, a queer running for president and everyone oh laughed God. and like and then some people some like a couple people walked out but I was like, "Oh shit. A lot of people yeah, are, still really care about this. They're going to have a issue with a gay man running for president. And it's like, so that's also just like, I know that like we shouldn't like let that affect the way we think about him, but it is nerve wracking to think about. Yeah. I mean, I think that this may not be said as out openly and out loud all the time, but I think that people feel that way about having a woman, Yeah, but there's, they don't have the religious justification of being like, Mm-hmm. she's a homosexual you know yeah. what i mean like like they like i think that they think it's okay to like openly say something like that because yeah. it's against their religion yeah whereas women's rights yeah you know being openly misogynistic is not like okay but i'm sure when they go talk to their friends they're saying it yeah totally so um also real clear politics has this section that says betting odds data on it Oh, fun. And I guess these are like aggregates of like different betting sites, Sport Nation, SpreadX, Markets, Bovada. And they have Warren up 18 points, which is interesting. You know, the last thing I need to do is lose money on this. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing that would make this worse. Oh, true. If I lost my own money on this. Surely. Um, Yeah. So that was our first election section ever. And I'm sure we'll be doing a lot more about it. We're going to do it every week. Yeah. And then on Thursday, we have Wobak Thursday. Uh-huh. So get ready. Submit yeah. them if you want. You can email mm-hmm. us at suppetbetch.com and send us your Wobak Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we end the pod, we want to tell you guys about our referral program, uh-huh. which you can basically, with the referral program, you guys know about our newsletter. Elise writes it every day. She slaves over it. And it is so fucking funny. And it comes to your inbox at around noon, lunchtime. We changed it back since I know a bunch of you were V upset about the timing of it. And, or rather, 
but it's back. Uh, it's back <laughs> to its normal time. And we wanted to talk about our referral program. Basically, we'll send you some free shit if you refer your friends to the email. All you have to do is go to referral.batches.com, set up your, put your little information in. It gives you a unique link that you then send to your friends to sign up for the newsletter. It happens automatically. You get, as soon as your friend signs up, it like registers that it's you. Make sure your address is in there so that we can send you the prizes. And if any of this is confusing to you, we have a highlight up right now oh. on our Instagram. Tech savvy over here. <laughs> we have a highlight on our Instagram where we can, you can see how this works. So you don't have to listen to me babbling about it. Mm-hmm. You can just look at the Instagram. And you'll, yeah. And um, also, we have a TikTok now. I know that like you can't have TikTok if you're you know old enough to vote, but we have one. So when we first, when I was first introduced to TikTok, let me just tell you about it a little bit. Apparently, it's a little problematic. I don't know about that yet. I will of look China. Into it. Okay, I will look Barring into that. Barring any geopolitical issues. Yes, this is my opinion of it. Um, I was like very like no, I don't want to do another thing. I don't want to. It's silly. It, the, the music starts playing the second you open the app. Can't open it in a meeting. Which is also a good and a bad thing. Um, and now I am obsessed. Yeah. So I'm going to work on my TikTok skills. Follow my journey on TikTok at BetchaSup underscore sup where I'll be posting TikToks along with Elise and other sup members. Yeah. And also the, follow the Betches one where you see the whole office. That's one. That one's fun too. At Betches. Or at follow, Betches. Yeah. You could also follow our personal ones if you can find it. Yeah. And if I ever figure out what I want to put on it. Oh, I started putting up things and then I realized they're all just about how much I love food <laughs> is it an accurate portrayal of yourself yes sadly yeah then you there you go you can be the same person on tiktok as you are in real life at first i thought i wouldn't be like good at tiktok but i actually think that like i kind of i kind of get it yeah i'm getting it now i think i am yeah it's, it's happening interesting. it's interesting it's happening all the cool kids are doing it you know Ugh. all the youths i hate that like i'm not a youth yeah i, hate it. I wish i was a youth we're youthful but not I'm youths. not youthful <laughs> yes i'm not youthful i get tired i didn't leave my apartment once yesterday it's daylight savings zero times we're all, we're all over the place yeah you know who's not adjusting to the time my dog oh yeah bruce yeah, waking same. me up as early as she wants yeah um okay Little betty <laughs> yep. isn't my dog a betty <laughs> she my dog is actually yes a betty yeah she is all right i don't know i think we're done <laughs> yes Alright, until the end of democracy, I'm Sammy Fishbine. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this has been the Betches Up Podcast. Betches.